Welcome to Wild Child Wednesday. How are you today? We are going to dig in today to Pest of the Summer Garden because I want you to understand that it isn't if, it's when. And we want you to have a good plan. We want you to be able to really understand and know exactly what to do. It's not just, guys, it's not just about grabbing a spray bottle. We're gonna talk about that today. It's not just about grabbing a spray bottle. That, in a lot of instances, is one of the worst things that you can do. And the reason is because you're not getting to the root cause. And that's something that has been a recurring theme in my life over and over and over again in the last couple of months. Talk about root cause and getting to the bottom of root causes has really been something that is just coming back to me over and over again and even in the garden. And it actually works that way. If you don't get to the bottom of it, your spraying is going to cancel things out for a minute, but you're not solving the problem. You're just masking symptoms and really and truly the pests are coming back. We don't want that. We want you to get to a place where you are ahead of the pest, where you're working proactively in the garden. So we're gonna talk about that today a little bit. We're also going to talk about some specific pests that you're going to be seeing and what you can do about that. Hello, Katie. Good to see you. We're going to be talking about some specific pests. We're going to be talking about these root causes, and we're going to be talking about how to get to the bottom of it. And we're also going to talk about something that a lot of people do not talk about when pests are concerned. A lot of times we want our plants to look a certain way. We want things to be a certain way. And guys, in organic gardening, there that is one thing you kind of have to just accept right off the bat. We're going to talk about that today too. So we're talking about the root cause, specific pests you're going to see, and why you can't look for perfection in a garden. All right, those are the three things we're going to deal with today, all talking about pests. So let's get started and let's dig right in. How are y'all today? It's good to see you. We are going to dig in right away. And for those of you who might be new around here, my name is Kelly and I am the founder and creator of the Wild Child Garden Club and Wild Child Kitchen Garden Academy. I created and founded Wild Child Kitchen Gardens to help inspire and teach busy women to grow gorgeous food in any space. That has become the joy of this season of my life is that I get to watch women who thought they otherwise did not have the space or the time or the know-how to garden and I get to see it firsthand when they start harvesting their first tomatoes and canning their first tomato sauces and pickling their first cucumbers and feeding their family straight from their garden. And it is a phenomenal, phenomenal thing. Gardens change lives. I believe that with everything in me. And I know the power of a garden. I want you to know that power too. So we're so, so glad that you're here. Hey, Nancy. Hey, Monica. So good to see you ladies here today. So we're talking about the root cause of pests. 
we're talking about what you can do with specific pests that you are definitely going to see this summer and we're talking about why you have to let go of certain things in the garden certain things like the way your garden looks and perfection in the garden that's what we're talking about today ladies let's dig in first and foremost we want to talk about the root cause of pest in your garden now i know i sound like a broken record i know that you're probably tired of hearing me say this but i'm gonna say it again because it's true the root cause of pest in your garden is always going to be your soil i said it here's the deal there are certain pests that are going to fly in and you might be thinking to yourself kelly how would we control them with our soil i'm going to tell you there's also pests that are living in your soil that are overwintering that are here from last year and you basically rolled out the red carpet for them based on certain things that you did or didn't do at the end of last year's garden season these pests you have welcomed in with a red carpet and your soil is showing us that your soil is telling us everything okay when we talk about wild child gardening we are gardeners of our soil we look at our plants as thermometers we look at pests as thermometers too our pests are like our signals they're our indicators they're sort of like the red flags they let us know when something is not right can you have a pest-free garden? No. Do, does the fact that you have pests mean that you have terrible soil and that your garden is hopeless? No. But what I'm here to tell you is the better your soil, the fewer your pests. That is what I want you to understand, guys. The better your soil, the fewer the pests. Here's the reason why. Those bugs that fly in, let's take the squash vine, vine borer for example. That adult moth flies in, okay? It is looking for a host plant. It's looking for a plant that can feed its babies. That's what it's looking for. Where can I lay my eggs? That's what it wants. So, as it's looking, it's flying around. Oh, ha, there's some zucchini. Let's go check it out. Down it comes because it looks and appears to be a good host plant. But upon further inspection, when your squash vine borer adult moth gets down to your zucchini, he realizes, she realizes in an instant, this was not a good idea. This soil is really good. It is letting off lots of hormones, lots of pheromones. It's telling me that this is not where I want my baby to be raised. And the reason is, is because predators are everywhere. Good soil brings in good guys and good guys make good soil. So as you are building your soil, you're also building up a good predator population. So that squash vine borer adult is thinking to herself, this probably is not the best idea. This may not be what I want to do. Oh, and also I see, I can tell here that this soil is really good, which means that when my baby hatches 
and then is ready to lay her eggs, this is not going to be a conducive environment to that because I can tell that these microbes are popping inside of this soil and what's going to end up happening is they're going to eat the eggs. This is not a good spot. And guess what, guys? Off they go. Off they go. I've seen it happen in my garden. I have seen it happen in the gardens of the girls I coach. Does it happen day one? No, because you can't just dump soil into your garden beds. After the first season, you got a little more soil and a little less dirt. This After the second season, you've got a little more soil and a little less dirt. When you follow the wild child gardening method, your soil just gets better and better and better. And that makes your pest population fewer and fewer and fewer. Your root cause all the time, without exception, is going to be your soil. Now I'm going to tell you about the three pests that you are more than likely going to see this season. You might already be seeing them this season. And I want to talk to you about them and I want to bring it back to that root cause. I want you to see what I mean about the root cause I'm talking about. And then I'm gonna tell you about a pest that you can't control. A pest that has nothing to do with the root cause. It's the one exception. And I'm gonna tell you about it in just a second. Let's start with the pest that I know you're going to see this summer and how you can deal with them while you're working to build your soil so that you lower their population. First and foremost is the tomato hornworm. If you leave your tomatoes past right now, most of us inside of the Wild Child Garden Club have taken out all of our slicing tomatoes. If you leave yours, if you've got a few more on the vine that you just really want to harvest before you call it quits, if you decide that you are going to keep them in the ground, baby them for a little bit, and hopefully they'll reproduce again for you in the summer, if that's what you're doing, you're gonna see the hornworm. That is it, there's no way around it. So what I want you to understand is how to look for it. There's no need to go grab the spray bottle of chemical pesticide. That, by the way, only makes your soil worse so that next season, you should have had better soil, but actually your soil is not as good as it was before. We don't need to grab a pesticide. What you need to do is go on a hornworm hunt. You're just gonna see the damage. You're gonna know instantly. You're gonna see the bitten off tomatoes. You're gonna see the stem of your tomato plant that has no leaves. These are the things you're gonna see. And so what I want you to do is I want you to follow that. You're gonna see poop. I want you to follow that poop. It's gonna lead you right to that hornworm. Very simple, pick him off, put him in a bucket of soapy water, problem solved. It's not that difficult and it doesn't always require a chemical pesticide. The second pest that I know you're going to see this season that is going to be one of those pests that absolutely drive us crazy and that is going to be the leaf-footed bug. We call them stink bugs here in the south but they're technically called a leaf-footed bug and they look a little different than a stink bug. You're probably gonna see those too. We just sort of group these guys together. We call them all stink bugs. So the leaf-footed bug and the stink bug, they look a lot alike. They've got sort of like their shield of armor going on. The leaf-footed bug is much bigger and he's got sort of those bent legs. The stink bug looks like he has a shield on his back and he's a little more oval or round shaped, whereas the 
leaf-footed bug is more rectangular and kind of sharp-edged. So they're cousins. They look a lot alike. You um, aren't going to miss them because they're going to be covering your tomatoes. Let me tell you why. They suck the juice out of your tomatoes. That's what they're after, guys. They're after the juice that is on your inside of your tomatoes. Now, what that does for you, unfortunately, is leaves you with tasteless, nasty tomatoes. That is no fun, but that is what they do. Here is how we get rid of them. Number one, back to the root cause, is that we want to keep our soil in tip-top shape. That's because at the first taste of a tomato that is grown in tip-top soil, they're instantly going to know that that tomato is too sweet for the babies and the eggs that they're going to want to lay here. So they are going to move on somewhere else to a gardener who's probably not growing organically, who probably has cardboard tasting tomatoes. And they're going to leave your beautiful, red, delicious tomatoes alone. This does not happen in one season. If you see stink bugs this season and you feel like you've added so much organic matter and you're working so hard, keep going. Trust the process. Eventually, it is going to pay off for you. Last year, I saw one or two hornworms. This year, I've seen none. Stink bugs usually have taken my garden away at this point in the season. I've seen none. Many of the gardeners in my garden club have seen none. This is the wild child way. We keep trusting the process. We have faith in our soil. We keep doing what we know we're supposed to do. And in time, our gardens become a place that pests just don't enjoy. Takes a couple of seasons at least. But it's going to happen and you're going to get there. The leaf-footed bugs will leave your garden alone. They will. And that's really good for you because once they arrive, you pretty much have to take out your tomatoes because it's disgusting at that point. They have no taste left in them. They get all those yellow spots all over them. If you've got tomatoes that have those yellow spots, that's leaf-footed bug damage. That's where they're sticking their little straws down in your tomatoes and sucking out all the juice. Not good. That damage also causes your tomatoes to ripen faster. So you're going to get smaller tomatoes because of that as well. It's just not fun gardening. So you are definitely going to want to get rid of these guys. So how do we do it, right? We get rid of them at the nymph stage. This is going to be so important. And that's because, again, we don't need to just grab pesticides, especially for leaf-footed bugs because they are hard-shelled. That is difficult to kill. They are an animal that, a pest that needs to be killed on contact. Good luck, right? Good luck spraying them while they're literally in flight. It's very hard, very difficult. It's not going to be your best choice, and it also is going to just harm your soil. So don't reach for that bottle of pesticide. Instead, reach for a shop vac or a handheld vacuum. And what I want you to do is I want you to suck up these leaf-footed bug nymphs. Now, here's what you're looking for. You're looking for a literal mass, a mass of these 
red bugs that have a red body and very pointy um, sort of like triangle shaped legs. They come very pointy at the joint. That's what you're looking for. They're always going to be in a group. They travel in packs and they're almost always going to be all covered, all covered in with the tomato. You're going to find that they are literally 15 or 20 on a tomato. Super important that you get them at this stage. And the reason is, is because what you're going to find is that as they grow and get bigger, they fly. They're smarter. They've sort of evolved. So what ends up happening is they're more difficult to get. Right now at this nymph stage, they don't have much up here. So it's very simple to just suck them up at that stage. They also don't fly. And when you get them at this stage, you're not allowing them the chance to reproduce. And that is going to be the key to it all come fall when your do-over tomatoes start producing. You do not want an infestation of stink bugs at that point. Get rid of them now at the nymph stage. The final pest I want to show you and tell you about is another hard-bodied insect that you're probably seeing right now and you may not even know he's bad. Hard-bodied insects, again, are the most difficult to kill. They're also the most difficult to prevent. They fly and they sort of come in in the season, right? They're difficult to deal with. Again, we want to be proactive and build a soil that they don't love. But if we've got them, we've got to do something about them, right? And that's the cucumber beetle. Now, a cucumber beetle is, looks just like a ladybug, but it's yellow. And I want you to think about this in the sense that you think they're cute, you think they're harmless, but actually they are one of the most detrimental pests in this summer season. They carry all sorts of diseases. They carry mosaic virus, they carry bacterial wilt, they carry tons of diseases. They also eat the flowers from your plants, which means that sadly enough, you will do a whole lot of growing and you won't get a whole lot of fruit. They also multiply very quickly and right now we're kind of in this second round of them so if you didn't get rid of the majority of them um, earlier in the season or maybe you didn't even see any earlier in the season they're back and they're back with a vengeance so what we want to do is make sure that we get rid of as many as we can as fast as we can and again again there is no point in grabbing the pesticide you're gonna damage your soil and it's not going to work. There is a place for it, I'm gonna tell you about that in a minute, but for the most part, you've got to A, make your garden uninteresting to them, and B, you've got to make sure that you are getting rid of as many as you can as fast as you can. And chasing a flying bug around with a squirt bottle, it's not gonna be very productive for you. Instead, all you have to do is go on Amazon and get a sticky ointment that you can paint on the outside of a yellow Solo cup. 
they will flock to that and sort of like fly paper or fly tape, they will get stuck. This is on Amazon. You can purchase it for less than $20 and make sure your solo cup is yellow so that they get interested in it and send them over there to the yellow solo cup that they're going to get stuck to. This is a much, much better option, guys. We want to see you utilizing what you have and not necessarily jumping to that pesticide. Now, can you add a pesticide in? Yes, you can. And for cucumber beetles, you may want to. Um, Spinosad, dead bug, those are products that you can absolutely use. Here's the thing to remember. Those products are non-discriminatory. So that means anything that touches them is they're going to kill. It's going to kill. So what you're going to want to do is spray at night. The cucumber beetles are super active at night. So spray at night and spray inside of the flowers on the leaves and petals of the flowers, not down in where the pollen is because it'll still be there in the morning. But spray your petals. This will help if you feel like it's necessary. But again, this is non-discriminatory. When you grab a pesticide, you're gonna hurt the beneficials as much as you hurt those that you're trying to get rid of, okay? Super, super important not to just grab that. All the while, you're building your soil, you're building your soil. Brandy, we learn something new every day, right? It's crazy. Cucumber beetles were never an issue for us here in South Louisiana. I had never even seen them until about last year maybe the year before was the first year we ever saw them they're new pests to us and when i tell you i'd love for them to take a hike i would love for them to take a hike they will destroy newly sprouted vegetables in the cucumber melon zucchini squash pumpkin family so this time of year when we're planting all of our do-over crops it's really important to lure them away from those plants and to your solo cup that's got the sticky on it that will get rid of them immediately. Now there's one more pest that I wanna to talk to you about today and that's because I want you to understand that no matter how good you are at building your soil, no matter how good you are at keeping up with all of these tips and tricks and you're outside every day with your vacuum and you're doing all the things, there's going to be a pest that you're just not going to be able to fight that way. And this is going to be those four-legged and feathered friends that are going to be coming to our gardens that are going to be visiting. And now, more than ever, these guys are thirsty. So they are looking for juicy melons and juicy tomatoes. And you're going to see, you're probably already seeing some damage from them. What you're going to find is it literally looks like somebody took a bite out of your tomato. It's not scraped. A scrape is what a hornworm is going to look like. But this is like a literal bite. Like it looks like it's been shot with a bullet. And that's going to tell you that's a bird, that's a rat, that's a raccoon, that's something like that. Now a raccoon is more than likely going to take the whole thing with it. So you won't necessarily um, see the tomato. You'll just have a bits and pieces of it left behind. But a rat, a mouse, a bird, those guys are going to take just enough for you to have to throw that tomato out. So I want you to know that there's a couple things we can do to try to keep them away. First and foremost is you're going to want to make sure that you don't have any open compost in your garden. 
Um, if there's any kind of open compost, move it away from your garden. You do not want to attract them to that area. You can also put out hair, clean out all your hairbrushes and put hair in your beds. It's great nutritional value for your soil and it works to deter those um, critters. You can also add blood meal. These guys don't like blood meal. So a good sprinkling of blood meal never hurts your garden. So just make it a point every couple weeks to go out and add a little sprinkle of blood meal. That will help tremendously. And you can always use um, netting if deer are a problem for you. We also have a de some deterrents that we really like um, and use inside of the garden club. And one of them is a hoont deterrent. Um, you can get that on Amazon, H-O-O-N-T. We really do like it. It's not perfect for sure, but um, it is helpful and it will slow them down, which sometimes is all you need. Keep in mind, we want our gardens to be not interesting to the pest. We want our gardens to be difficult. We want them to think that they should probably just go somewhere else. That is how you deal with pests in South Louisiana. So by keeping your soil at tip-top condition, by not allowing weeds to grow in your beds, by making sure that you're sucking up um, your nymph leaf-footed bugs so that they can't reproduce, setting out the traps for your cucumber beetles, these things go so, so far. Also, it breaks the life cycle. That's a huge thing too. Certain times of the plant's life is when these pests are gonna lay eggs. And if they don't lay eggs in that certain time, then you have missed, they are not gonna lay eggs again. So you have missed that chance, that window, and you've broken up that life cycle. So, so important to do. But even all of the things, even if we do it all, we're not ever going to be able to completely 100% just eradicate pests. That's not real life. We're still gonna be dealing with ants. We're still gonna be dealing with these pests that we just talked about. They're not going away. We just want to minimize them. And these are some ways that you can absolutely 100% do that. But still in all, guys, if you aim for perfection in your garden, you're gonna be disappointed every time. It's gonna make you want to grab that pesticide. It's gonna make you want to overcompensate. It's gonna make you wanna overfeed. It's gonna make you wanna overwater. And what all of that does is create weak plants in poor soil. And weak plants in poor soil are always the first to go. We laugh inside the garden club and we say that we're looking for survivors. The weak need not apply. We want strong plants that can fend off disease, that can handle some pests. We're going to be right there proactively working alongside them, but we need them to pull their weight. And so what you're going to find is that the more pesticide you use, the more fertilizer you use, the more you water, the more you feed, the more you tend, the weaker your plants get. You put them in this little bubble and then they can't survive outside of it. That is not what we want. We want to let go of this idea of perfection. Some neighborhood dog is gonna run through your garden and break off a tomato. Some cat is gonna use your garden for a litter box. Some mouse is gonna eat every tomato off your plant. That's gardening. And it's especially organic gardening. And on top of all of that, 
it's organic gardening in the South. I just want you to understand that. I want you to really, really take that in and embrace it because it is the key to you being happy and satisfied with your garden at the end of the season. Now, one thing we are getting super, super excited about is pumpkins. So I told you that we were gonna talk about um, the root cause of pests. I was gonna give you three pests that you needed to really be watching out for. And I told you that we were going to talk about letting go of perfection in the garden. And I want to wrap up by just telling you that I don't want this to stop you from growing pumpkins. I don't want you to think to yourself, oh, that's too many pests. They like pumpkins. I'm out. There are tricks to growing pumpkins that make all of this completely irrelevant. And I'm going to teach you all of that in a brand new class I'm going to release for you on Friday called Growing Gorgeous Pumpkins. Now we have not yet released our summer lineup of classes, but I want you to know that this is gonna release on Friday. It's an on-demand class. You can pick it up at any time. You've got till the weekend to get your, your pumpkins in the ground for Halloween. Now, if you wait another two or three weeks, you'll be harvesting at Thanksgiving for the most part, but you're gonna be harvesting gorgeous pumpkins because I'm gonna teach you about the varieties that you need to grow. I'm gonna teach you about the soil you need to provide them. I'm gonna teach you my tips and tricks for growing pumpkins in the South in the summer that is gonna yield you lots of pumpkins for this fall season. And even if you're not picking them exactly on Halloween, it's still a whole lot of fun to see pumpkins out in your yard um, growing on the vine. I'm gonna teach you how to grow them three ways and I really think you are going to enjoy this class. It's gonna be available up for grabs on Friday and I hope that you join me for it. Um, you'll get all the information if you're signed up on my email list and if you're not, go ahead and do that at releaseyourinnerwildchild.com forward slash subscribe and that is going to help you tremendously. Hey Sammy. Um, you can grow strawberries this time of year. You can put in pretty much nothing right now. They're at their busiest point. Um, but if you wait till they die back a little, you can grow lettuce, chard, garlic, onions. Um, you can grow lots with your strawberries over the fall and winter. But right now, you just need to be focusing on letting them produce those daughter plants thinning out your beds and getting them ready to go night-night for their winter sleep. So right now, don't put anything with your strawberries, but coming up in the fall, you'll be able to add lots, garlic, onions, you'll be able to add lettuce, you'll be able to add chard. Um, I have tried many times to grow different things with strawberries. None of it has worked. We call her in the garden club the crazy ex-girlfriend because she wants it all. Um, she is literally lethal to anybody who is coming into her space and right now at this point in the in the season they're producing those daughter plants so they're using up lots of nutrients so they're using the exact same amount of nutrients as they were to produce fruit um, even though you're not seeing any fruit even though you're seeing them die back they're still producing lots of daughter plants and this is why we don't put anything with them right now we wait until September, October, and then we start adding stuff to our beds. So keep that in mind, Sammy. We're going to add to those strawberry beds. Don't you worry. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining, 
and I will hopefully see you in pumpkin class on Friday. Y'all have a great, great rest of your day.